Ready to radio here from uh, Cavens Construction in Norman. I love being out here. Plank just did his amazing job that he always does every day. Out here for three hours. I'm here for the next two. You got the D-lister now, right now. Hopefully you'll stay tuned for the next two hours. Steelman and Thune. Uh, Parker back in the Brown O'Haver Studios. I am uh, right here at Cavens Construction. Uh, by the way, Parker is not the D-lister. I am. Of course, Parker is now on the A-list. There's no doubt about that. But here at Cavens, happy to be here. Uh, every time I'm out here, I try and take a pick with Duke because he is my co-host as well out here. Very popular. The uh, dog here at Cavens Construction, super friendly, super, uh, super cool, good boy, Duke. So uh, anyway, we are brought to you, of course, also by Lasher. Home Comfort Systems, here in our first hour here on Steel Man and Thune on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network. Parker, how is your Thursday? Well, I'll tell you what, Steely, we are officially in the month of December, and it is going to be a zany month of December. I woke up this morning, and there were already things happening, and things will continue to happen, specifically as it pertains to OU recruiting, you know, generally... uh, the state of the recruiting landscape dictates my mood on any given day, and I'm just yeah, I'm gearing up for what is going to be a wacky month ahead, especially leading up to December 21st, which is early signing day. Yeah, and the news came out today that the minute I saw it, oh, here, here come the OU fans, because Malachi Coleman decommitted from Nebraska. Nebraska just hired uh, Matt Rule, obviously, in this Mickey Joseph situation. is certainly not good. Uh, we'll talk about that maybe uh, in a little bit. But Malachi Coleman, who a lot of Sooner fans uh, really like after looking at his highlights, he's a freak athlete. Apparently the interest from Oklahoma is not that great. And clearly, as Parker has said many times, Malachi Coleman wanted to be at Oklahoma. But uh, the interest is not quite the same. From the Sooner side of things, uh, and uh, immediately I heard Plank, you know, being asked about it on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Is, does Oklahoma get interested again? And it looks like that Oklahoma, if they're going to bring in another uh, tight end player of that uh, that caliber and at that position, that they like a little bit better, it'd be the uh, Jordan Allen kid, right? He's already committed to K State. Yeah, I I look immediately. The second the 11 o'clock hour rolled over into the 12 o'clock, we got all kinds of texts on the Air Comfort Solutions text line asking about Malachi Coleman, and understandably so, because that was a kid that came down to Nebraska and Oklahoma. Those were the two schools that he preferred the most, but I think if you've heard Malachi Coleman talk about his recruitment and you followed the arc of his recruitment leading up to his original commitment, it was very blatantly obvious, right? that the only reason Nebraska was in contention was because of Mickey Joseph and his presence there on the Nebraska staff. Well, yesterday, Mickey Joseph gets arrested for uh, on suspicion of strangulation and third-degree domestic assault. And so with that as backdrop for everything that went down this morning – You have Malachi Coleman decommitting from Nebraska, and all of a sudden, OU fans are buzzing all over the social, all over the social media platforms, all over the Twitterverse, as to whether the Sooners might re-enter the mix for Malachi Coleman. And look, the outlook in my mind has not changed as far as Coleman's recruitment. 
his interest in OU is and will continue to be very strong. The question ultimately becomes how how much of that is reciprocated by the Sooners? How interested is Oklahoma in bringing Malachi Coleman on board? And look, my personal opinion, just having watched Malachi Coleman, is that he's the type of guy that you ought to be recruiting in the same vein as Jordan Allen. You don't. The Sooners don't know. The Oklahoma staff doesn't know right now what Jordan Allen is going to end up being at the University of Oklahoma. He could play offense. He could play defense. But they know he's a good enough athlete, he's a freaky enough athlete that they want him in this class. I think they should take the same approach with Malachi Coleman. But they get paid a whole heck of a lot more than I do to make those decisions. And so if you see Oklahoma start to push for Malachi Coleman down the stretch, there's not a doubt in my mind there will get him. Or they will get him, but there's always the concern as to whether that push actually does end up happening because... I would say there is a greater than 50% chance that Oklahoma just doesn't re-engage that line of communication. It'll be interesting for sure as we head down the stretch. Busy month. Uh, We've talked about the portal situation. Uh, Josh Eaton now in the portal for Oklahoma. So the Sooners have uh, Theo Weiss leaving, Jordan Mukes leaving, Josh Eaton leaving. Senior Bowl invite. Uh, We learned that Jalen Redman got one today. Eric Gray and Wanya Morris are also headed to Mobile for the Senior Bowl. Uh, and Anton Harrison announced that he is headed uh, to the NFL draft. No surprise there. He's got a chance to be a late first-round selection, uh, depending on how he does at the combine. But no doubt, I would think he would not slip past round two and could sneak in again to round one. All right, speaking of first-round draft choices, man, if you were looking for somebody to help you out with just about anything you need in terms of construction or uh, you know, cleanup, it is Cavens Construction. They are the number one overall pick, ladies and gentlemen. And they will not disappoint you like some number one overall picks have. I'm not mentioning any names here. Jamarcus Russell, who is uh, the name I'm thinking of right here. But Cavens Construction in Norman, Oklahoma City, Tulsa, and Stillwater. Uh, they do mold testing, mold removal, water extraction, sewage extraction, cleanup, structural drying, fire and smoke restoration, crime scene cleanup, tear gas cleanup. Odor control, pack out, contents cleaning, they do everything. And they also, you know, they're a roofing company, a construction company. How about this? You looking for a cleaner home for a happier holiday? They are offering cleanup there, too. Two rooms, only $99. Four rooms for $125. They will also do dryer vent cleaning, which is uh, really important to get done, uh, particularly as we're running the heating and, uh, you know, the furnaces. Uh, here during the winter, dryer and vent cleaning for $175, air duct cleaning, 12 vents for only $295. What we're talking about here, ladies and gentlemen, and I'll go baseball here is like a five-tool player. They do it all. They do it all. You know, general construction, roofing, cleanup, you name it, Cavens can do it. It is a one-stop shop for you when it comes to what you're looking for construction-wise, or if you have an emergency, flooding in your home. Uh, they're working on a, a, a church that flooded up in uh, Oklahoma City right now, so Gary's super busy getting that taken care of, and they will because that's what they do here at Cavens Construction. So good to have you with us, Steelman and Thune, here on a Thursday. Um, any other rumors floating out there on recruiting, Parker, that, uh, that you know of? Is there any kind of a wild rumor or anything 
that you looked at and thought, hmm, I don't know about that. Uh, it seems like with uh, with DJ Hicks, you never know. Uh, you know, Peyton Bowen, we're all still waiting. Cecilia Kana, still waiting. Uh, Damian Sanford, still waiting. But uh, it's going to be interesting. Those coaches, man, this is a busy month for them, not only on the road trying to secure these uh, – last-second commitments that hopefully turn into signatures, but also having to deal with the portal and looking at the portal. Uh, even though you're you're also thinking about a bowl game, you know, three weeks or so away, you've got a lot of responsibilities right now. Okay, so going back to your original question, are there any additional recruiting rumors? I'd, I'd, I'm not going to entertain a whole lot of rumors, generally speaking, but I will say – uh, here's an interesting nugget for you. Where do you think LaDamian Washington is going to be this Friday morning? Hmm. Micah Tease? He's going to be in Micah Tease's living room. So there, there you, go. you go. Yeah. I and, I and I said it the minute Anthony Evans decommitted, I will continue to say it. I believe Micah Tease ends up in this class for Oklahoma. And now that they are actively recruiting him as a wide receiver, uh, Tease, obviously, as we have discussed at length, has been a lifelong Sooner fan, had a brother, Miles, that played wide out at Oklahoma a few years back. This has all the makings of a flip down the stretch for the Sooners. And so we'll see how things go on Friday between Washington and Tease, but I'm starting to gain a lot of confidence that this thing is going to end up getting done and may end up getting done pretty quick here. There you go. Yeah, Jordan Evans, of course, uh, last week we learned that he was, uh, you know, headed to Georgia, and we we kind of thought, well, man, that that uh, – remember when he went out to the uh, Georgia-Tennessee game? Well, you know, my family's out here, and they, you know, never been to a game and blah, 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 and you kind of thought, yeah, I don't know, though. It kind of, You know, it kind of looks like it, Georgia – might be the end result, and uh, it is going to be the end result for Anthony Evans. But Micah Tease, really good player. He is rated nationally higher, or at least right in the same ballpark, though, with uh, Anthony Evans, right? Yeah, he is. He is ranked higher than Evans. So, at least in terms of the recruiting rankings, it's an upgrade if you end up with Micah Tease as opposed to Anthony Evans. There you go. We'll talk more recruiting coming up here in a little bit. Uh, 135 today. Eric Bailey's going to join us. Uh, does a good job covering the Sooners for the Tulsa world. We'll talk to Eric on the Riverwind Casino Hotline coming up. Uh, what else is happening? The OU women won last night by 43 over Northwestern State of Louisiana. The Thunder won by 8 over San Antonio. Big game for J-Dub. 27 points. That's the uh, Santa Clara version of Jalen Williams. Oklahoma City will play at the Timberwolves Saturday night. Uh, at 7 o'clock, and then uh, we'll go visit the Atlanta Hawks and Trey Young next Monday night for the next two games. Sooner men do not play until Saturday morning at the Wells Fargo Center against Villanova, 11.30 on CBS. Good one tonight in College Hoops, number 7, Creighton, at number 2, Texas. That is a 6 o'clock tip on ESPN. We're just getting warmed up, folks. I'm here at Cavens. Parker back in studio. Stay with us here on The Ref.
We are back. It is a Thursday edition, Steelman and Thune. I'm here at Cavins Construction, one of my favorite places to be, Norman, Oklahoma City, Tulsa, Stillwater. They do work in Norman, obviously, Ardmore, Paul's Valley, Purcell, Oklahoma City, Edmond, Tulsa, Bixby, Jinx in Kansas. They're everywhere. They are Cavins Construction. Roofing, maintenance, construction work, environmental fire issues, water removal, emergency services, mold testing and removal, biohazard issues, they can get it taken care of for you here at Cavins Construction. Like I said, they do it all. They do it all. CavinsConstruction.com. You can call them in the uh, metro area, Norman, Oklahoma City, 405-573-3048, and in Tulsa, Stillwater, 918-282-7612. Duke, where are you? Duke, we are talking college football playoffs, so get on in here. Take part in the conversation. Duke left momentarily. I, I don't think Duke wanted to hear about recruiting, but uh, hopefully Duke will be back. Our uh, mascot out here, great-looking dog, Duke, very friendly as well. Okay, uh, tell me about Marcus Strong. Is he the fallback option if the Sooners <laughs> don't get a DJ Hicks flip down no, the stretch? No, no, I'll tell you what. Uh Marcus Strong isn't even on the radar anymore. I'll tell you who I think might be. Not, 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 I wouldn't even call this a fallback option. I'm beginning to think this is a very legitimate possibility based on conversations with sources, regardless of what happens with DJ Hicks. Pay attention to the recruitment of Eno Etta, four-star defensive lineman from Colleyville, Texas, who is currently committed to Michigan. So I'm going to say right now, pay attention to that one. He visited Oklahoma unofficially for Bedlam on November 19th. There is something there. There you go. It's a cool-sounding name, too, Eno Etta. I think. I mean, it sounds like somebody who can get after the quarterback and stop the run to me. Eno Etta. There you go, Colleyville, Texas. All right, and uh, this is a big month, portal stuff. It is going to be, uh, man, fast and furious. The Sooners already have three in the portal. Theo Weiss, Jordan Mukes, uh, Josh Eaton. And, uh, again, uh, if you were thinking about Eric Gray or Wanya Morris or Jalen Redman coming back, well, guess what? They've all got their senior bowl invites. I, I think we all thought, yeah, Anton Harrison's going to be going to the NFL. He's NFL ready. And, again, very well could be a late first-round pick. I don't see him going past round number two, so that's not a surprise uh, either. All right, so, Parker, what's your take? You know, the playoff expansion is here. We'll be starting up after next season. We'll be starting in 2024, the Rose Bowl. Guess what? The Rose Bowl got on board. Imagine that. Money talks. And even the old stuff suits out there at the Rose Bowl the Rose Bowl people strike me as the people who still have a MySpace account. Well, I don't think they would ever, ever even get involved in that back in the day. But the the Rose Bowl people, like on that committee, they strike me as the kind of committee that would be going, how do I get ESPN Plus and how does it work? But they finally got on board because money talks. So, I you know, obviously... We all thought this was going to happen, right? I'm, I'm not even talking about the Rose Bowl. That was that was eventually going to happen because, again, money wins usually in the end. But uh, that this would get here sooner than later, so we'll be playing one more year of uh, in this system, and then after next season we'll go to 12 teams starting in 2024. I'm ready, Parker. I'm ready. It's good for Oklahoma. If the Sooners, again, get to the SEC 
sooner than, pardon the pun, 2025, you know, you need, going to a tougher, more competitive conference, you need you needed playoff expansion, and I think uh, everybody was betting on it happening again fairly quickly, and now we know that it has. Why? Hold up, hold up, hold up. Because I'm going to ask you for clarification on this. I understand why, if you are the Cincinnati's, UCF's, well, shoot, those are those programs are going P5 now, so those aren't good examples anymore. I understand why the two lanes of the world, for instance, when you look at what they've done to this point in the season. I understand why G5 programs like that would stump for college football playoff expansion because a 12-team playoff is really the only it's the only system that's going to lend a team like that the opportunity to have a fair shake at a national championship. But what? why would you say that you need college football playoff expansion if you're going to the SEC like Oklahoma is? I just think you're going to be playing. Uh, you're going to be looking at a lot more. Uh, you know, nine and three, possibly eight and four years. And it, if you don't improve, you know, on what you're doing right now, it's going to be worse than that. But Oklahoma is going to improve. I'm convinced of that. But again, the 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 years of going eleven and one and winning a Big Twelve championship are over. Now, can they go? You know, run the table in the SEC or finish eleven and one on that schedule? If they have a great team, they can do that. But also, I just think that the SEC has been the best conference in college football for a while now, and uh, there are going to be years where the SEC is going to get like four teams in a twelve-team 12, a 12 bracket, right? Don't you think? Yes, I agree. And kind of what I'm getting at is, well, and here's my underlying opinion on college football playoff expansion. I don't feel like it's going to change a whole heck of a lot. It's mostly semantics to me because I shoot, let me pull up the top 25 poll right now and tell you what a 12 team playoff would look like top to bottom. So I'm assuming that the first the top four teams would get a bye and it would be four versus 12, 5, 11, 6, 10 and 7 or no, I did that wrong. 5, 12, 6, 11, 7, 10. Eight, nine. Those would be the first round matchups. So, as I look at the top twenty-five right now, here's if the, if the season were to end today and we had the twelve-team playoff format, your top four, the four buys would be Georgia, Michigan, TCU, USC. Your first round matchups would be Ohio State and Washington, Alabama and Utah, Tennessee and Kansas State, and Penn State and Clemson. I'm sorry, Steely, but you can't convince me that any of those teams at at least 7 through 12 would have any chance of playing with Georgia or Michigan, especially when all the chips are down and it's time to go win a championship. So to me, I feel like we're going to get to a point, and I think we're going to very quickly figure this out when the college football playoff expands. The upper echelon in college football usually only consists of three to five teams in any given year anyway. You're not all of a sudden going to see the number 11 team in America, the number 11 seed in the college football playoff, go and win a title. It's not going to happen. And so I don't feel like it changes a whole lot other than, well, it lets teams 5 through 12 say, hey, we went to the college football playoff. To me, the top tier remains the top tier, and the top tier is always going to come out on top – 
come mid January when there's a national championship at stake. Yeah, I, I think the upper uh, hierarchy doesn't change. It's kind of it's a little bit cyclical, and we've had recently. It's been obviously Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson. Yeah, you know Oklahoma's had a run. Uh, the Sooners, you know, need to get back into a playoff and and kind of stay in that hierarchy uh, because it hasn't happened for a while. But so I agree on that. But you know what? It, it's all about more matchups. More money, that's what it's always about, uh, and, and that's what we're looking at. And some of those first-round matchups, I agree. You know, most of those teams probably outside of uh, Alabama and uh, Ohio State wouldn't be capable of making a run. But I still would watch those games. I mean, some of those matchups you mentioned, I thought, all right, that's not bad. Who would you have K-State playing in that, in that format? K-State, I've already, the, uh, Tennessee. They would have been matched up against Tennessee. See, there you go. Josh Heupel against, uh, you know, Chris Kleiman and the Wildcats. That would, that would be a good game. But uh, I, I think from Oklahoma's standpoint, if you're going to the SEC, you need more slots available uh, to get into the playoff. Because, again, uh, you're looking at some years where you're, you're, you know, two losses might be a really good year and get you in the playoff, maybe even 9-3, and three, depending on your schedule. Here's what else is going to so, happen, though, as we expand the playoffs. And you kind of touched on this earlier, Steely. You're going to get five or six SEC teams some years in the playoff field. And there may come a point at which the final four teams in the bracket are all SEC teams. And so if parity is what you're looking for in college football, I'm not sure that this is the solution. I'm not sure that a 12-team playoff is what ensures that we're going to get different powers rising to the top each and every year. I think at the end of the day, those teams, especially in that 8-12 to 12 range, those teams that comprise the 8-12 to 12 range are going to be SEC programs with three or four losses. So, yeah, you know what? If you're an Oklahoma fan and you just care about getting to the playoff, having that feather in your cap, it'll be nice to have an expanded field that lends you that opportunity. But, man, I, to me – it only widens the gap, the competitive gap between the SEC and the rest of college football. Yeah, I don't think they're looking for parity. I think they're looking for more dollars. Well, bottom naturally. line, yes, you know that that usually is what they're looking for. But uh, for Oklahoma, it, it accomplishes two things. Again, it gets you more opportunity to get in the playoff out of a really tough conference, and secondly, you're playing in a better conference that is going to get you better prepared to play in you know, the playoff and potentially a national championship game, uh, whereas the Big 12 in previous years certainly didn't do that. All right, before we break, Riverwind Casino, want to thank them. Over 2,800 electronic games, all your favorite table games. Poker Room, they have it. It's tremendous. The best bars, best dining. Coop Ale House Bar is big time. The River Buffet, steak night on Friday night, Saturday night. It is seafood night. Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant is a great choice as well. Big-time promotions, look them up right now, riverwind.com backslash gaming. They've got new ones underway, and don't forget, it's always there for you. If you don't have a wild card and you're first-timer out at Riverwind, if you're headed that way, make sure you get a Riverwind wild card, be a part of the new Member 7 program. That's a great promotion. New patrons who sign up for a wild card can earn up to $450 in one day. Riverwind Casino. 
Renovation going on still. It's almost done, getting close, and it looks unbelievable. The the areas that have already been renovated, world class. You know that Riverwind does everything right, and uh, it's it looks even better out there than it ever has. So Riverwind Casino, simply the best. All right, when we get back, we'll hear from one of Brent Venable's mentors, and that's coming up next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans, The Ref. Back with you, Cabins Construction, on a Thursday here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network. Parker, we uh, didn't Doug call us juvenile yesterday, Doug from Norman? Uh, yes, was he, he did. That was, was he talking that about happened. us? I am yes, not was. juvenile. I am currently eating Oreo cookies during the break and drinking a watermelon energy drink, but I am not juvenile. Actually, I am pretty juvenile. Proud of it, too. How about this Mickey Joseph deal? Man, what? what like, that is, of all the I things mean, I never expected I know. to hit my Twitter time, because, like, you meet Mickey Joseph in person, he is the absolute nicest dude, man. Like, I was legitimately shocked when I opened Twitter to see that. Yes, and uh, the sentence read, Mickey Joseph arrested yesterday on suspicion of strangulation and third-degree domestic assault. That's not good. Now, kids, you don't want to be involved in strangulation, all right? You don't want to be the strangler or the strangly. Don't do any <laughs> strangling, all right? I'm just saying. It's not good. But that was like, wow. And, again, um, you know, that's the initial police report. But, I mean, they had enough there to arrest him. Man, that is... Uh, did not expect to see that. Definitely did not expect to see that. All right. Uh, we're here at Cavens Construction. They will do, uh, well, basically almost any job you need. Uh, when it comes to construction and cleanup, Cavens is your one-stop shop. It's kind of like we've talked about with NIL dollars, Parker, you know, where I want to know where I can put, you know, if you can get all these NIL groups, these collectives under one umbrella, under one uh, big collective, then it's a lot easier, right? You don't have to think about, it. all right, who does this go to? How much? What percentage goes to football? Can I declare how much goes to football and how much goes to softball or gymnastics or baseball or whatever? They, they make it easy for you if you have, and the Sooners are doing that. They're, they're working in that direction to get one big, you know, all these different collectives, which, it, you know, they're great, but you want to get them under one umbrella. It's that way at Cavens. They make it easy for you because if you need, you know, roofing done, general construction done, they are offering cleanup of your home for the holidays, you know, dryer bin cleaning, air duct cleaning, you know, cleaning your rooms, you know, the carpet, two rooms for 99 bucks, four rooms for 125 bucks. In addition to that, they do mold testing, mold removal, water extraction, structural drying, uh, fire and smoke restoration. They even do crime scene cleanup. 
They do everything here at Cavens Construction. So basically, if you're thinking, I wonder if Cavens does this, the answer is probably yes. So call them in Norman and Oklahoma City, 405-573-3048 in Tulsa or Stillwater, 918-282-7612. Everything you need to know is at CavensConstruction.com. All right, uh, I would say that Brent Venables, Parker Thune, has had three pretty good mentors, wouldn't you, with Bill Snyder, Dabo Sweeney, and uh, and Bob Stoops? That's pretty I mean, good. That's a pretty elite list. When you're talking about accomplished college football coaches of the last half century, those guys are pretty high up on the totem pole. Yeah, no doubt about it. And to me, uh, Bill Snyder did a better job than anybody that I can ever remember in college football. But Kansas State was an absolute barren wasteland, man. And uh, he had uh, Kansas State football within basically one game of playing for a national championship if it weren't for Sir Parker's touchdown there in the Big 12 championship game. I mean, he just did an unbelievable job, remarkable job. And in second stint, he did pretty well also. So... Uh, Plank does the uh, Big 12 show on Sirius XM Radio, and they had Bill Snyder on the other day, and uh, he was asked about program building because that's what Bill Snyder did at Kansas State better than anybody, and that's what his former uh, player and assistant coach Brent Vittables is trying to do now at Oklahoma. Here's how Bill, Bill Snyder said they went about it in Manhattan. Regardless of what approach you take, it is challenging. You know, collegiate football is a challenge under any circumstances, no matter where you are, whether it's Alabama or anywhere else. Uh, you know, the uh, <clears throat> the approach uh, that we have always taken, I can't speak for everyone else, you know, the most prominent thing to me was to help develop uh, young people into becoming, you know, quality, caring, uh, successful young men. And, to me, that started uh, outside of a football program. <clears throat> approach was that we had to have a program uh, built around and upon programs that developed those 16 values. And so for every one of those values, we had a day-to-day uh, program in place. You know, things that young people in our program were committed to doing in order to develop each one of those skills. In other words, you know, if uh, uh, discipline uh, being one of those goals, there were things every single day that were requested of, required of our players to help them understand and develop discipline. There you go, Bill Snyder on with Plank on uh, his Big 12 show on Sirius XM Radio the other day, and that is our Ortho Central clip of the day. Ortho Central, what do they do? They specialize in sports medicine, and uh, they treat all kinds of sports injuries, and they have the best staff in the business. They have a brand-new Tri-City location as well. They've had one in Norman for a long time. You are looking for an appointment uh, the the uh, Saturday morning injury clinics have been uh, hugely popular now for years. Uh, give them a call, 405-360-6764, for an appointment today. That was our Ortho Central clip of the day. Major props to Bill Snyder. Like I said, I don't know if anybody in college football has done a better job than Bill Snyder. Developing young men, all of that stuff's great. You know what? I want stone-cold killers, Parker, is what I want. 
I I don't care about the young men. I want the Miami teams of the the mid eighties. The Schnelly teams in the early two thousands. I'm just kidding. I, I do want to see quality kids leave a program. But I also want I do want some of those stone cold killers and I want to see some athletes who go after people, and the Sooners need more of those. And that's what recruiting is all about, no doubt. But, um, you know, the bottom line is for Brent, I, I do like the culture, I, you know, I'm kidding, sort of, that he's trying to establish here. And I think that can, you know, take shape. Uh, you know, but everybody looks, Parker Thune, at the one-loss record, and that's that's the bottom line. You know, they, the sole mission, yeah, that's great, man. I love that. That's cool. And I, they're – you know, I think it's great what they do in the community and all of that stuff. That's great. But six and six, yeah. it's about, again, winning football games. Yeah. That's what you got to do first. Well, I think everybody – I feel like in hindsight, everybody's going to be willing to write off 2022 as the transitional year, but you're going to have to start winning more games in 2023. And I think the Sooners will, and we've talked about this. You're not going to go 0-4 in one possession games every single year. That thing is going to return to average. It's going to regress to the mean. And you're going to start winning some of those close games, especially as you start to get your guys on campus and completely turn over the roster and tailor make it exactly the way that you want it. And you're seeing, you're beginning to see this as Oklahoma pushes guys to the portal, i.e., Josh Eaton and Jordan Mukes, right? Brent Venables is turning over this roster. And I firmly believe that by next fall, we know. I, I shouldn't say we know. We feel like at this point Oklahoma is still going to be playing Big 12 ball next fall. And if that's the case, OU is going to have the horses at that point to compete for a conference title once again. And if they don't, then it's going to be a whole new can of worms to open up. But that is my expectation for this program is that come next year, they will have upgraded sufficiently to be able to put themselves back in contention for a conference title. And also, you're just going to see some of those tight games that they played in 2022 start to swing the other way as they learn how to win. Because we've talked about it before on this show, winning is a skill, and this team here in 2022 did not master it. Absolutely, and uh, we played the clip from Bob Stoops yesterday talking about that on the rush. And, uh, you know, so many times, like I said, the previous year, they were dangerously close to having a record somewhat similar, right, last year, but they made enough plays to win the game. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. Dylan Gabriel, offensive newcomer of the year in the Big 12, actually had a pretty good season. But, again, he is up against the masterpiece paintings, you know, that the Sooners had had at quarterback with you know Caleb Williams he was a developing masterpiece that was being painted at the time Kyler Murray finished product Baker Mayfield finished product Jalen Hurts finished product uh and again he had a good season his numbers were actually pretty good but again when you're six and six everybody wants to see your deficiencies and I'm not saying that he doesn't have any clearly he does but again he's still a pretty solid quarterback all right we're here at Cavens great place one-stop shop all your construction needs, uh, emergency cleanup services, they do it all here at Cavens. Check them out online, CavensConstruction.com. We've got Eric Bailey coming up at 135 on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Uh, so we'll talk to Eric about, uh, you know, the college football 
uh, playoff situation changing. 12 teams in 2024. The word is official now. And we'll recap the Sooner season, look ahead of the bowl game. All of that coming up with Eric at 135 today. Stay with us. We'll hit the text line next when we get back here on The Ref. We are back. I uh, just got a uh, tweet from uh, Trey, Trey Dissident, big listener. Stealing this 12-team playoff will be the best thing to ever happen to college football. You actually get to win, and you're in. No more leaving your fate to a bunch of old dudes. Plus, maybe talent will spread more knowing every school has a chance, not just a helmet logo. I don't know. I don't know. It's... Leaving your fate in the hands of old dudes. There, there have been a lot of old dudes, like in that committee room. I, I'm thinking like Barry Alvarez probably fell asleep a few times. How, I, do you think there were some nappers in the uh, committee room that you looked over? Hey, Barry, wake up! We're talking about the Big Twelve right now. What? Do you think that happened? I died. Shoot, I don't know, Steely. Um, we've had uh, on the, on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. We've had people chiming in on a whole bunch of different topics that we have touched here in the first hour on the topic of the expanded playoff. All right. Um, actually, I I want to read first a text that we got, a text that I got from Travis Davidson, Grill Boy himself who said, to your point, not only can they not hang with Georgia and Michigan, those top-tier teams are going to be coming off a bye, and you're coming off a top-12 matchup, even worse of a chance. Parity is a lie. NIL was supposed to provide recruiting parity, and yet the rankings look the same as they've looked for a decade. I, You can't really fix parity in college football. That's just the reality that I've resigned myself to, and that comes down to the fact that there is more money to be invested in athletic departments Uh well, there's varying amounts of money, vastly varying amounts of money to be invested in athletic departments across the country. And so you have programs like Texas A&M, whose athletic departments are pulling in $150 million plus of revenue every single year. And then you have athletic departments like Tulsa, right, which is just never going to be playing on a level playing field with a program like Texas A&M or Alabama or even Oklahoma, right? It's just not feasible. Um, this listener says, I agree with Parker's take mostly on the expanded playoff, but I do think a team ranked seven through 12 could be riding a hot streak after a loss or two earlier in the season and be that team that nobody wants to play and spring an upset against a higher seed and possibly win the natty. Now, I think there's some truth to that, but 
think back to those types of teams in years past. Where have those teams always come from? The SEC. So if what you're looking for is a breakup of the SEC monopoly and for a team other than Ohio State or Clemson to break it up, I don't think this expanded playoff system is going to do that. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think it's going to change uh, how many teams can realistically win the championship because we've seen uh, how many blowouts have we seen Parker in a 14 playoff? Uh, many. Quite a few. <laughs> and Oklahoma was part I, of some of those, you right? You know what's crazy? I think there have only been two one-possession semifinal games in the history of the college football playoff. Is that Yeah. It's amazing, but you're right. And to me, so I don't look at it like, all right, well, this – you know, seed number 12 doesn't have a chance to win this thing. I'm just looking at it now kind of like, you know what, we get more football. That's the way I look at it, you know. Um, and, and it makes those uh, those matchups, you know, rather than being in the Alamo Bowl or something maybe, I don't, I don't know, who knows. Um, it, it makes them more, a little bit more juicy to me. There's a little more, you know, um, excitement in those matchups even though we probably look at probably two or three teams like all right alabama ohio state and maybe you know let's say oklahoma improves in oklahoma they're the only three teams that realistically can win this but still we get some we get more football and uh, so that's kind of the way i'm approaching it and i'm i'm ready for it so again we have we have this year and next year in this format and then in 2024 uh we will get the 12 team playoff expansion so there you go. What else do we have? Uh, it is 12.57 on December 1st, 2022, and Mule Shoe is still a mouse. I th- Old Mule Shoe, Kyle Whittingham, we take him down again, please. Actually, I don't think they're going to, but I'd love to see it. We have a listener that said, uh, with great emphasis via the text line, we need Coleman! 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 I I kind of feel the same way, but and I think you kind of feel the same way, but if the OU coaches have some prospects they like a little bit better, right? They do, and I, again, not to say that they don't loop around on Malachi Coleman, but I wouldn't count on it. I would not count on it. Um, somebody else brought up, and I, gosh, I can't find the text. It was, okay, here it is. If the expanded playoffs were in effect this year, the winner of Tulane and UCF would be guaranteed a spot, and Purdue, North Carolina, and LSU could all pull off upsets to steal spots as well, which would make those early round matchups even less appealing. Yes, that is true, and also it diminishes the importance of the regular season and winning in the regular season, right? Because as long as, take for example the Big Ten West, which sucks every single year. As long as you're in the driver's seat in the Big Ten West... You got a chance to sneak into the playoff, even if you're seven and five, like Purdue. Yeah, through that, and uh, you know that's what I hope. And some people would say, "Well, you know, you can still play because guess what? If you have, you're thinking you can get in the twelve team playoff if you keep winning." Um, like I said, when all this stuff happened, the portal and the NIL and conference realignment, old man talk here, I know. But I, I thought, man, five years down the road, this is either going to be really great or we're going to look at college football and go, what were we thinking? And that that question will be answered down the road. And we've got another hour coming up next. Keep it here.
All right, I am inside the doors here at Cabins Construction. Ladies and gentlemen, your one-stop shop. You need anything done construction-wise, cleanup-wise. You even need your rooms clean, your house clean for the holidays. They've got it all here at Cabins Construction. You know, so many times you think, all right, who does this? Okay, this they do construction. They do roofing. Do they do cleanup? No, 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 no. Who does that? Cavens Construction does that. They do it all. Norman in Oklahoma City, Tulsa, Stillwater, and uh, visit them online at CavensConstruction.com. We are talking about, uh, again, basic construction, roofing, but they also do, you know, things like mold testing, mold removal, water extraction, structural drying, fire and smoke restoration, crime scene cleanup, odor control. I need some odor control right now. I, the, the shower wasn't working very well today. Uh, contents cleaning, pack out, they do it all here at Cavens Construction, 405-573-3048 in Norman and Oklahoma City. It's also Stillwater, 918-282-7612. Online, you can find out everything they do, which is really pretty much everything, Cavens Construction. Dot com. Can we play uh, Mike Gundy? Uh, because the portal, if we're in portal season. The Sooners again, Theo Weiss, Jordan Mukes, and uh, now Josh Eaton. They are getting uh, former Notre Dame uh, D lineman Jacob Lacey uh, through the portal. But uh, this is what Mike Gundy said. This is, uh, I think, like two years old, if I'm not mistaken. But this is what Mike Gundy said about uh, what the portal is doing to college football and what he thinks about it. Well, I think we live in a world where people are noncommittal. We, we allow liberalism to say, hey, I can just do what I want and I don't have to really be tough and fight through it. And you see that with, with young people um, because it's an option they're given. We weren't given that option when we were growing up. We were told what to do. We did it the right way or um, you go figure it out on your own. In, in the world today, there's a lot of entitlement. Uh, I'm a firm believer in the snowflake. I'm talking about every millennial young person, Generation Z, I think is what they call them. Um, that's the world we live in because if they say, well, it's a little bit hard, then we say, okay, well, let's go try something else versus, hey, let's, let's bear down and let's fight through this. So you see a lot of that now. There you go. That was Mike Gundy. That was either last year or a couple years ago. But, again, it was completely an old take on uh, the portal. I'm not saying, I, you know, I, I don't disagree with a lot of that. Now, throwing the political angle in there is kind of, eh, you know. But, um, I don't know, Parker, what do you think? Mike Gundy's take, is that a wise take? Or if you're, you know, one of the old school coaches now, do you have to learn how to, you know, get on social media, run a computer, and all that stuff. You have to, right? Yeah, you do. And I figured, you know, I really have come to respect a lot of Mike Gundy's takes and opinions about the future of college football because I think he really hits the nail on the head far more often than not. And the game is changing. It's changing faster than we've ever seen it change before. And not only do you have the advent of NIL within the last year and a half, but now you have an expanded playoff field. You have realignment. College football 10 years down the road, Steely, is not even going to remotely resemble the college football landscape that we know today. And so I, I, have, seen, I have seen and heard 
very few college football coaches that are as vocal and as thoughtful about the issues that are going to impact the direction of college football than Mike Gundy. I think he tremendous I think he does a tremendous job in general of addressing those concerns and those questions. Yeah, the the Mike Gundy press conference is uh, never dull. There's always something that uh, you can take away from the Mike Gundy press conference, that's for sure. But, you know, I I think it's like anything else. And, look, Mike Gundy's going to use the portal. Uh, And, and look, I I don't like it either that, you know, all right, well, it didn't work out here, so I'm going here. You know, next time around, no, it didn't work out here, so I'm going there every year. Um, You know, I I don't like that either. But it's not our our parents' generation – um, you know, it's just not, and it's like anything else, you know, from the, the, the history of mankind, you evolve or you die. Right. And, uh, that's, that's kind of what you have to look at. And it's not that extreme, obviously, but, um, you know, I think if you don't use the portal or if you, you know, sparingly use it now, it can't be the foundation of your program. That's got to be done through recruiting, no doubt about that. But if you don't supplement your recruiting class with the portal, I think you're falling behind. And you've got some uh, weasels out there like Muleshoe who have perfected the portal, and uh, you, you're going to have to deal with them too. So uh, we'll see. We put the over and under yesterday at, what, eight and a half on uh, Sooners who enter the portal? Yes, and I, th- I, I firmly believe we're going to hit the over because you have to consider that you have three already – well, not I shouldn't say already in the portal because they're not officially in the portal, but three that have announced they're going to the portal in Jordan Mukes, Theo Weiss, and uh, Joshua Eaton most recently. But you also got to keep in mind you have three other guys right now that are going to be in the transfer portal but just haven't made any sort of announcement yet. That, guys that have left the team already over the course of the 2022 season and Joseph Wete, Clayton Smith, and Kevontae Henry. So you will see those three in the portal – at some point in time, we're going to hit the over. And I think it could be anywhere between 10 and 15 total outbound portal guys for Oklahoma. So do we put basically the same number on, uh, you know, players who come to OU through the portal? I It depends on how big this signing class is. And I think it, very much depends on what happens down the stretch with guys like Peyton Bowen and DJ Hicks and Cecilia Kana and Micah Tease, right? I, I I believe that Oklahoma will end up signing a class of 27 to 30 out of the high school ranks. And so from there, you fill holes in the portal as necessary. It's just going to come down to how many holes there still are. And a lot also depends on who else decides to make the jump to the NFL draft because we know Wanya Morris is gone, Anton Harrison is gone, Eric Gray is gone, and as of this morning, Jalen Redmond is gone as well. But uh, there may be others. We don't know for sure yet. I, I would, I'd find it hard to believe that Woody Washington leaves at this point in time. The intel seems to suggest that he's staying. We don't know what's going to happen with C.J. Colden. Man, the next three weeks are going to be very telling in that regard, and I think it'll go a long way towards dictating how much Oklahoma prioritizes portal additions. C.J. Colden, uh, options, what are we talking about? Because he likes it at Oklahoma. Does he think he can go to the Combine or something, perhaps? Is that what you're talking well, about? Because... You gotta, when you consider his situation, 
it's not unlike the situation that Trey Norwood found himself in about two years ago at this time, mm-hmm. which is yeah. And we all thought Trey Norwood was crazy, right? Exactly. Exactly. And guess what? Come to find out. crazy. No. Um, And so I think Colden may be at a point where he figures his stock may never be any higher than it is right now based on the way that he closed out the 2022 campaign. And the Oklahoma staff is pushing very, very hard to keep him in town for another year. But I don't know whether – it happens, and I think it's a coin flip right now, whether he stays or whether he goes. Think about this, though. If he comes back, Steely, Oklahoma's got a dang good secondary heading into 2023 between him, Woody Washington, Billy Bowman, and shoot, take your pick at the other safety spot, Key Lawrence, Robert Spears Jennings, maybe even Peyton Bowen. Who knows? Hey, Peyton Bowen, based on what I've seen, that that kid might be able to play from day one. You know, he's eventually, I mean, he's got stardom written all over him. There's no doubt about it. So Woody is uh, Woody's still a good player. He's had, uh, he's had a few moments that uh, jumping off sides, you know, being off sides on third and seven as a cornerback is not good and rarely seen in the game of football. But I still think Woody's a good player. I love the development of C.J. Colden and hearing from him later in the year when he met with you guys. I love what he says. He's got a good attitude, and uh, he'd be uh, he'd be a, a guy to, that you really want to have back. There's no doubt about it. So we shall see uh, if that happens. All right. Um, we are going to do nothing but Air Comfort Solutions text line texts coming up here in a little bit. By the way, uh, hour number two presented by the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley, X72. Great deals on uh, any vehicle you're looking for, car, truck, SUV. They've got a good selection of pre-owned vehicles. They are finding as much inventory as they can, more than anybody else. Exit 72 in Paul's Valley for a great deal there from the Seth Wadley Auto Group. And, again, that uh, really, really great guarantee, oil changes, engines for life, on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. All right, I, I just got an interesting uh, uh, off Twitter. Steely, I've seen your stream. You said your brother used to wrestle. Did you ever wrestle? I I did not wrestle. I don't wrestle men. I don't. I, I'm like Andy Kaufman back in the day. I only wrestle women. That's, I mean, back in the day, I'm talking about in a in a loving kind of way. You know what I mean? Uh, so no, I never did wrestle. Never. You can. Uh, there's some areas you have to grab in wrestling that I am not interested in grabbing. <laughs> That's all I'll say. So I. Uh, oh boy, this segment took a turn. I'm just saying. Look, the wrestlers are. You don't want to mess with a wrestler. Make that extremely cl- clear. I'll make that because if you're a wrestler. There's a good chance you're a bad you-know-what, but I had no interest. It was like John Bender said, you know, uh, what was it he said to Sporto? I have such a deep admiration for guys who roll around on the floor with other guys. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I don't want any wrestlers showing up here, but I'm just saying I'm like the uh, late, great Andy Kaufman back in my day, only wrestling women. That's it. All right, 405-651. Am I fired now? 3439. 405-651-3439 in the Air Comfort Solutions text line. 
Parker can't even say anything. He's afraid to say anything right now. He does feels like throwing kerosene on the fire if I even try to But that's what that. Andy Kaufman said when they asked him back in the day, why don't you wrestle men? He just said, I only wrestle women. That's it. You can find it on YouTube. Believe me. All right. Stay with us. We're coming back. We'll get to the text line next right here on The Ref. Steely, I have good news. Yes. Chip Kelly just flipped Mm -hmm. one of Mule Shoes commits. Yes, good. Very good news. Very good news. I am in a, I was in a good mood already. I'm feeling a little bit better today. Three-star defensive lineman Grant Bucky just flipped his commitment from USC to UCLA. Yes. Misery for Mule Shoe, if only for a fleeting moment. That's any Mule Shoe defeat I celebrate. I uh, I was just laughing because I was watching a video on YouTube. Uh, Andy Kaufman wrestles 327-pound woman. It's really good. It's quite comical. And uh, so anyway, welcome back. I'm here at Cavens Construction. It is a Thursday edition of Steel Man and Thune. We're going right to the text line here in a minute, 405 405- 651-3439 in the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Cavens Construction, you think about somebody who can do it all, like a 5 tool player in baseball, you know, uh, the number one pick in the draft, whatever sport you're thinking about. Uh, Victor Wembanyama uh, in the NBA draft, uh, supposed to be the best prospect to come along since LeBron in the upcoming NBA draft that will take place, uh, obviously, uh, this summer. But uh, you think about somebody that can do everything. Usually that's what a number one draft pick is all about. Well, Caven should be your number one pick as well because they do it all. You know, they do roofing, general construction. They've even got a deal, uh, a clean home for the happy holiday season. They will uh, come out and do your carpets, two rooms for 99 bucks, four rooms for $125, dryer and vent cleaning, air duct cleaning, they, uh, they solve fire issues. They do water removal, emergency services, mold testing and uh, removal, biohazard issues, general construction, roofing, maintenance. Uh, they do it all uh, here at Cabins Construction. So if you're wondering, is there a one-stop shop for basically anything I need? Like, man, uh, you know what? Something leaked, a pipe bursts, and you've got a flooding issue or you've got a fire issue. And if you just want... You know, your roof inspected, and you want your, uh, you know, to see if you need a new roof. Anything, Cavens can do it. 
573-3048 in Norman and Oklahoma City, 918-282-7612. Again, in Tolson, Stillwater, and always online, cavensconstruction.com. All right, um, I didn't finish my video of Andy Kaufman wrestling the 327-pound woman. Do you want it? Do you want to finish that? So Is that like something that we need to set no, aside time? I'll do for... that. I'll 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 do that during the next break. It's solid. Uh, it's got a solid entertainment value, though. But we can go to the text line. Let's do it. Text line is popping off about former five-star recruit and Texas A&M edge rusher Tunmis Adelaide who has just entered, or rather announced that he is going to enter the transfer portal. So the exodus down in College Station continues, and Adelaide is a very, very prominent name. Uh, Everybody's asking whether OU gets involved. Uh, I will say the early indication that I have received is that Florida is going to be the team to beat for Tunmis Adelaide. So OU may get involved. I'm I'm just saying I didn't. Keep your expectations minimal there. Yeah, A&M, man, you talk, Exodus is the word. So how many is, we know of uh, how many at A&M so far? Is it four uh, or five? No, it's been A&M? more, it's, I, we're up to like seven or eight at least. Really? Yeah. All right, and the you're officially in, it starts next week, right? Is it Monday. It is – is it Monday? Yeah, it is Monday. Monday is the day that everybody can start uh, rolling into the portal officially. Um, <laughs> Sam and Edmund says, Heath Ozida's mom is even on the Coleman to Norman train. A lot of people on Twitter stumping for Malachi Coleman to end up at Oklahoma. The holdup is going to be the staff. That's all it's going to be because, look, if that kid had his druthers initially, I promise you all – he would have been in Norman. I just don't. I at this point, I don't know whether the Oklahoma staff is going to circle back around after they kind of cooled on him the first time around. Here's an interesting question: Who is most likely to replace Deshaun White at the cheetah position heading mm, into next? That is season? interesting. What do you think, Steely? I don't know. Uh, what do you think, Canick? I think Canick is kind of the ideal cheetah. Then again, there may be more of a need to have him at inside linebacker. I I think it's probably gonna. I the, the safe money is on Canick. I think Shane Witter has an interesting case if he improves and he needs to improve if he's going to start seeing the field on a regular basis. We're getting close to go time for Shane Witter. He's kind of entering Marcus Major territory where it's either going to happen for him or it's not. I think Jaden Rowe has a very, very intriguing skill set that could make him a nice fit for that cheetah spot. I think you're looking at a whole bunch of young guys. I think the jury's still out on Justin Harrington as to whether he is going to pan out. And I think another offseason, a full offseason in Jerry Schmidt's training regimen will help him out immensely. It could be a multiplicity of different guys, but I think your best laid plans probably involve Danny Stutzman and Jaron Kanick at the two linebacker positions. And who does that leave at Sheeta? I'll, I'll be honest with you. There may be a portal guy that OU pursues 
for the mm-hmm. cheetah position. Yeah. And I'm not going to name names. We're not going to get too deep in the weeds on it. But I wouldn't be surprised if OU beefs up their linebacker core via the portal to give Kanick the opportunity to play Cheetah, or they just roll with Stutzman and Kanick as their two linebackers next year and look to the portal for somebody that fills that Cheetah role. Is uh, Ish Harris a possibility? A&M in the portal or will be in the portal? I, again, that is a name that I would file away if I were an Oklahoma fan because they're – I, I, I want to say OU was in the final mix for Ish Harris out of high school. And they were. I, I know for a fact that there will be interest from Ish Harris's camp in Oklahoma. Any buzz on DJ Hicks in, in terms of, you know, so far, you know, he came to Oklahoma for the visit for Bedlam, and he, you know, the, his Insta pictures were out there pretty quickly. Insta story was out there, Oklahoma gear again. Then he's back at A&M. Uh, what do you think's going on with DJ Hicks? What do I is think this, is going on? Yeah, is it all about the money? Is it all about, all right, let's keep saying, you know, A&M's set the, set the number right here. That's what a lot of people think. What do you think? I don't think it's all about the money. I think money is a big part of it. In fact, I don't think anybody that watched how DJ Hicks' initial commitment went down knows that money is a big part of it. So, I I feel like we're at a point where... And I I think it was pretty apparent that DJ Hicks had some immediate buyer's remorse about his decision to commit to Texas A&M. If the money is comparable at OU versus at A&M, I'd say Hicks ends up a Sooner. But it has to be comparable. If Texas A&M decides they're going to drop $10 million to get DJ Hicks to College Station, well, he's going to be an Aggie at that point. That just is what it is. What is the uh, the latest number on the uh, BHF, Bowen Hicks Fund? <laughs> Man, we haven't had an update on that in quite some time. I don't know offhand. Any, hmm. it, we we got plenty of folks on the text line that monitor that. They can help us out. So, yeah, let us know what the uh, what the BHS or BHF fund sits at right now. We know it's close to one million dollars. I think it's gone over, hasn't it? Hopefully yes. by now, yes, yes. you would think well over that. Well, you know, and uh, competing with Texas A and M just on finances, and maybe it's not you know one hundred percent you know, money, but maybe it's 75% money. It's difficult. That's an, that's an arena where A&M actually wins a lot, right? You're talking the about bidding wars? Battles. Yes. Yes, yes. Um, we'll just look at the previous class that had eight five stars, right? Uh, oh, we have a Duggan Norman text. We'll get to that in just a second. But uh, one listener says, wasn't there some question about Ish Harris recruiting against OU while he attended the Champion Barbecue? I believe you're thinking of Bobby Taylor. Bobby Taylor was the one that showed up to the Champion Barbecue and just recruited for Texas A&M the whole time. But here is the text. We had from, like a Russian spy at the Champion Barbecue. Is that what you're saying back in the day? Uh, Mule Shoe was still in charge, so can blame Mule Shoe for that one. But Doug and Norman says, Steely, I've got an idea. On how to solve the transfer portal issue. Make a player sit out a year after he transfers. It may not be an original thought, but it might work. Would that cut down on this silly transfer situation? 
Well, I mean, yes, it would, right? I mean, it used to be, uh, you know, the immediate transfer happened. Was it a result of COVID initially? No, because it came could, before COVID. It was before COVID. Okay, it was before the, COVID, and then you got an extra year with COVID. But wasn't there a – they needed, needed a statute statute – there's no statute of limitations. It's a statute of limitations uh, on that. I would, you know, I, I just think there's so much movement. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm sounding like a big time old here, and I am. But at the same time, I, I wouldn't mind seeing that come back. You sit out a year. Muleshoe was the downright dirty scumbag. Remember that tried to stop Austin Kendall and Chandler Morris. I mean. He was always, you know, didn't it, didn't it take him forever to give Austin Kendall his release? No, it was it was. And then he's on the, yeah. and then he's on the phone with freaking. I don't know if he's on the phone, but somebody is with Jordan Addison because Pat Narduzzi sounded like he wanted to drive out to L.A. and get in a cage match when that happened. So, I don't know. What do you think, Parker? I mean, I, I don't think we're going back to that. Do you? No, I don't think so. It's just, and I, but I, I think Doug's right with that. I think that would solve a lot of the not all of it but it would do uh it would curb the number of people in the portal i wouldn't mind a significant seeing that amount happen. i wouldn't mind seeing that happen i think there are going to need to be some restrictions put in place regarding the portal because it's it's unsustainable man for so many different reasons and that it it would take more time than we have here because i know we got eric bailey on tap for next segment but it would take more time than we have to unpack all of the reasons why this era of free transfer essentially mm-hmm. is detrimental to the collegiate game. I, I don't think it's good for the you. sport. All right, we do need a break. I'm here at Cabins. We've got Eric Bailey coming up next on the Riverwind Casino Hotline, Steelman and Thune. We are about uh, about 30 minutes away from Locked In with uh, Parker and Tyler McComas here on the ref. Keep it here. Eric Bailey on the way next. We are back with a uh, great tune. Little Layla, Derek and the Dominoes, and I'm in a great place. Cavens Construction, Norman, Oklahoma City, Tulsa, and Stillwater, CavensConstruction.com, your one-stop shop for uh, construction, roofing, uh, emergency cleanup. They do it all here at Cavens Construction. So does Eric Bailey joining us on the uh, Riverwind Casino Hotline this afternoon, and uh, Eric, how would you summarize the Sooners six and six season? How would uh, Eric Bailey? You're sitting down at your laptop, and your editor says, "I want you to give me an opening paragraph on Oklahoma's six and six season." 
How would you go about that? What do you think? <laughs> I think the, the record speaks for itself. Average, 500, up and down, good and bad. I mean, 6-6 <laughs> six and six is just ideal for how this team played, both offensively and defense, defensively. I mean, there were games when we saw the defense just shine. And then we were there were games like the Texas Tech game where they just gave up a ton of yards, ton of points. Same with the offense. I mean, we look at the offense and what they did at Texas Tech and, and were able to put up 48 points, but then the week before they couldn't complete, complete a pass in the second half against Oklahoma State. So up and down, inconsistent, 500 is just the perfect record because of just how one week it was good, one week it was bad. Eric, what do you feel like this team – I guess I, I, I should phrase the question this way. They're 0-4 in one possession games this year. How much of this team's struggles and how much of what they need to improve on come 2022 or come 2023, excuse me, has to do with overturning the roster and how much of it just comes down to making clutch plays that they didn't make this season? Yeah, and Parker, when you think about it, last season we saw a lot of one position wins. So it easily could have went that way too. I mean, it could have easily went bad last year too, and they were able to find ways to win games. So it just tells you the fine line. I know it's coach speak, but there's a fine line between winning and losing, and, and Oklahoma fans are seeing both ends of that. At last season, they were able to win the close games. This year, they're not. And uh, my question to the coaches after the Texas Tech game was, how do you feel about that? I mean, is it frustrating to, to know that you're losing these close games, but then do you feel, is it a little bittersweet because you know you make one or two extra plays and you win these games? So. It's just, and it goes back to being an average 500 team. That's exactly what's happening. Yeah. How, how do you think Brent, uh, you know, kind of his uh, evolution from this, you know, w- once he first took the job to where he is now, in terms of his dealing with the media and dealing with the Oklahoma football monster, all the pressure that surrounds it, how do you think he's held up in that respect? Well, you mentioned it, it is a monster. I, I, that's a good word because. When you accept it, you have an idea of what it is, but until you've sat in that chair, you don't really know what it is. And I think for Brent, being a first-year coach, uh, he, he's, he's learning. He, and, you know, it's, it's, learning. it's a learning period for him, too, not just the younger players. He's learning how to be a head coach. He's learning how to manage his staff. He's learning how to manage expectations. He's learning how to manage 100-plus players in that locker room. So everything was a learning experience for him. He does have a lot of really good mentors that he can talk, turn to and Stoops and Dabo and Bill Snyder. But until you're a coach and, and experienced it, you, you, it really doesn't mean much. So I think for Brent, he learned a lot this year. Uh, and I think it's only going to make him a better coach. But for him, unfortunately, it's been some tough growing pains. Now, we know for a fact, Eric, that at least four Sooners at this point will be foregoing eligibility to head to the NFL. Anton Harrison, Wanya Morris, your two starting tackles, as well as Eric Gray, and then most recently defensive tackle Jalen Redmond. Of those four, who do you think is going to be most challenging for Oklahoma to replace heading into 2023? Well, I, I, it's easy to say Eric Gray just because of what he's been able to do on the field. And if you don't have him on the field this year – there's a lot of lot of struggles offensively. I've just been so impressed with the, how he he handled this year. But it, it's got to be those tackles. I mean, it's it, it's hard to, to to play that position and you lose those guys with a, you know, especially Anton with so many so much experience. You know, he started 24 of the last 25 games for the Sooners. Feeling those tackle rows is going to be tough because you just really need that experience on an offensive line. And there's going to be some guys. Uh, 
uh, you know, un- under under fire right away next season at that position. So I think that that's going to be a key is just how are they going to be able to handle replacing two veteran tackles and moving on from there. All right, uh, Eric, uh, what's your bowl preference? You got your choices. <laughs> uh, you love Orlando, right? You're ready to go to Orlando? <laughs> no, not so much, right? <laughs> you know, John Shin, who used to work at the Norman Transcript, said it best. He said, when we were there for the Russell Athletic Bowl in 2014, he said, I've never seen kids get cussed at or yelled at in 14 different languages in one short span because it's truly a melting pot with the uh, this Christmas holiday and then also the theme parks. So there are people everywhere, everywhere you look. It's just packed. And so I'm not a big fan of Orlando. I, You know, to be honest, I would love the Guaranteed Rate Bowl just simply because I've never covered a Fiesta Bowl. I've never been to the Camelback Hotel. I've never been to Phoenix for a bowl game. It's the only place I haven't been. So that's my preference. I would love to go there just to experience it. Other than that, it, it really doesn't matter. You know, Texas, you go to the Texas Bowl, you go you go to, uh, you know, the Liberty would be nice, too, if they fall down that far. That would be a nice bowl, too. It's an easy drive for a lot of fans and everyone, too. So um, I'll just say no Orlando. That's it. That's my hope, no Orlando. Eric, what do you think is important for Oklahoma to accomplish in this game? It's Coming off a 6-6 six and six regular season, you're going to have guys that don't play in this game. You're obviously going to have guys that don't participate because they hit the portal. Uh, you're gonna be you're gonna have something of a shoestring roster, or I guess less of a roster than you would otherwise have at your disposal, and you're fighting for win number seven. In the grand scheme of things, this bowl game isn't gonna mean a whole lot. So, in terms of what Oklahoma could tangibly do or accomplish with this final game of the 2022 campaign, what do you think is most important? You know, I really think you know this is gonna sound silly, but I really think they need to win the game. I think you. you you don't want a losing record. It's been years since Oklahoma's had a losing record. And if they lose this game, they're 6-7. and seven. So I think usually you, you could be able to say, you know, hey, just, just play the game, get experience, get ready for 23. But I think winning is going to be very important because you don't want to be the team that you know, has the first losing record since 1998. I think that there's going to be a big emphasis on winning this game. That being said, then you do go back to, you know, you really need to just get these teams, these players ready for 90 or 23. They really need to, you know, get better as a team and use these practices between now and the bowl game to your positive, to your benefit. You know, get those younger players some reps and get some of those players that you really, really need to, to, to grow up fast a lot of playing time. I would love to see a lot of young players playing this bowl game. I think that's big. Uh, that's big, too, just for everything that they need to accomplish as a program. So uh, it's an important bowl game. You know, getting there was important. We talked about, you know, it was – it's next to last game to become bowl eligible. That was a ride, but now now you just got to use it to the benefit of the team. Eric, I know you cover the Sooners, but uh, what kind of uh, any insight? What are you hearing? What do you think is going to happen with TU's uh, football position? Boy, that is I re- you know I really have a vested interest in that because I covered Tulsa for six or seven years, so I, I, I've been making phone calls this week just trying to get some thoughts from different people that I know. Um, I think right now, I think you can't go wrong. There's a lot of there's a lot of names out there, and you can't go wrong with a lot of those names. I really like Matt Wells, the uh, offensive analyst at at uh, OU now, who's the former Texas Tech coach, simply because he coached at Tulsa for five years. He was an assistant. He was a recruiting coordinator. He knows what it takes to win at Tulsa. He uh, knows Oklahoma, and he he found a lot of good players 
under under rocks. Let's just say one and two star guys that that won games. I really, I mean, now you come back to Tulsi's experience. I really like Matt Wells a lot. Uh, I, I like Justin Fuente because he's from Tulsa, and also he's uh, you know he's has a lot of experience. He he's, has a lot of experience. So Justin Fuente. He's a name to watch. And then there's two players, that, two former players, G.J. Kenny, who's at Carnet Word, the head coach down there. He's a, he's someone to watch. Uh, he's really, really grown up in his first year. His team's ranked, I think, number seven in the country, somewhere around there, So in the FCS. So they're in the playoffs coming up. He's a former quarterback at TU. He would do good. And then Brennan Marion, the wide receivers coach at um, Texas, he's a former Tulsa player, really rocked it up. His, 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 his coaching pedigree is just rocketed up, and I think he would do well. thing about him, he hasn't been a head coach, so that may be something of a detriment a little bit, but I think he's a guy that could win at Tulsa. I think if you want to – it's a high-risk, high-reward with him. I think he could do the job. Eric, good stuff. We always appreciate your time. Uh, we will keep uh, our fingers crossed that you don't have to take that trip to Orlando. I, barbecue in the Blues in Memphis sounds good, too, though, like oh, you said. Oh, my goodness. Doesn't, doesn't it? Doesn't it, though? That no. sounds – can't beat me. that trip. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys, Parker. See you, you guys have a good week, okay? Yep, thanks, too, Eric. Man. Eric Bailey, Tulsa World, covering the Sooners. Really good dude. Really good dude. All right, uh, another winning organization. I'm out here at Cabins Construction, ladies and gentlemen, and Cabins is the best. And when it comes to casino experiences in the metro area, nothing touches Riverwind Casino. They are simply the best. Over 2,800 electronic games, all your favorite table games. They have a poker room that is world-class, the best bars and dining Coop Ale House Bar, the River Buffet, Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant, all the best promotions and concerts. You got a great promotion happening right now in December, the 20K Holidays on Us, happening from now until December 23rd. Patrons will be able to earn points on every electronic gaming machine, all of them. And at 5 p.m. on December 24th, 10 patrons who earned the highest number of points on those specific machines. Well, there are no specific machines. It's all of them. On uh, December 24, 10 patrons who earn the most points on all the electronic gaming machines just play and earn points are going to be awarded grand prize bundles, including a $500 Amazon gift card, a $500 Walmart gift card, Target gift card worth 500 Visa gift card worth 500 Grand prize bundles for the top 10 patrons just by playing on any of the electronic gaming machines right now through December 24th out at Riverwind Casino. Now, the reason why our friends at Riverwind are simply the best. Break time right here. One more segment to go. We'll hit some text when we get back here on the home of Sooner fans, the ref. Okay, we are back to close it out here at Cabins Construction. I want to thank Gary and everybody out here. 
Good people out here, nice people, and they do great work here at Cabins Construction. Give them a call in the metro area, 405-573-3048, cabinsconstruction.com. They're on Facebook. They're on Insta. They're on Twitter. Uh, in Tulsa, also, uh, give them a call at 28, or I'm sorry, 918, 918-282-7612. And the Tulsa King, sliced alone, is not taking in, you know, any of their, any of the money that Cabins will save you. I promise you. All right, uh, you want to get some texts in to close it out? Get a couple in, Parker? Sure, let's head to the Air Comfort Solutions text line and see what the folks are saying. <laughs> One listener says, the dog at Cavens has far more integrity than Mule Shoe. Yeah, well, Duke is uh, has unquestioned character. I mean, Duke right now is wagging his tail and uh, very entertained by the show today, we think. Uh, I heard Malachi Coleman decommitted from Nebraska. OU was in on him before he committed to Nebraska. Is he looking at OU? We've talked about this throughout the show. I understand some people are tuning in for the first time. But as far as Malachi Coleman is concerned, there is, has been, and will continue to be heavy interest in Oklahoma from his end. The question becomes, will that interest be reciprocated on the Oklahoma end? I'm definitely going to dig on it. As soon as we are off the air at 3 p.m. after wrapping up Locked In with myself and Tyler McComas. But I wouldn't hold your breath on it. I'll just say that much. I would not hold your breath on it. Everybody's asking, did you see Jackson Arnold's last retweet? Yes. Yes, we did. We all did. He retweeted an edit, an OU edit that features him and Peyton Bowen. So. Uh, there you go. Yeah. There, um, there you go. <laughs> Patrick says, dogs are loyal, mule shoes aren't. No, not at all. They are a very, uh, you know, mule shoes just a shady individual, and I hope Kyle Whittingham beats him like a rented mule this weekend. But unfortunately, I think SC's going to win in cover. Uh, Can Utah do it again? We'll see. Um so, so we've got a listener in the 918 asking, and this is a steely question, more so than a me question. Uh, is Zachariah Leviticus a take? Oh, absolutely. If you can get Leviticus uh, there again, uh, he's he's the Amish running back. Yes, if he still has eligibility because he never signed way back in the day, Zachariah Leviticus would probably be uh, in his uh, early, mid-50s now. But probably, you know, the Amish, they're very strong. No doubt. Probably could still play. Another recruiting question for you, Steely. Somebody asked, Steely, how did the Dust Bowl affect OU recruiting? <laughs> Why, you son of a... Yeah, that's pretty good, actually. Uh, pretty good. Let's see. Let's see what else. Uh, what about David Aguebu? Everybody's asking. Look, I... I think he comes back in 2023. I'm not convinced he retains a starting job come 2023. I just, I think Jaron Canick's going to be too good to deny at that point. What do you think? You know, Guaybu, there's there's a lot. Sometimes you're like, that's what I'm talking about right there because he looks the part and at times he plays the part, but it's just not consistent enough. Yeah, I, he's also just not fast. He's not fast. That's the thing about Aguebu. He's, mm-hmm. a, he's a decent tackler. Uh, he's a pretty, like, all things considered, 
in terms of making calls and checks at the line of scrimmage, uh, he does he does an okay job for himself, but he's not fast, man. That's one thing that Jaron Canick is. He is fast. You get Stutzman and you get Canick, and those are your two interior uh, linebackers next year. And then Lord knows who you got at Cheetah. But if those are your two linebackers, man, that is a fast duo. I was wondering, uh, Duke is uh, was very upset. Who would Duke be upset with? You know who he is upset with? T.J. Perry. Really? Coming in for coming in to close it out today. Actually, Duke is uh, wagging his tail, and it's the other dog that likes to bark a little bit. Good dogs out here, though. All right, uh, we got to get out of here. want to thank our friends uh, out here at Cavins Construction, Gary, and uh, the folks out here will do unbelievable stuff for you because they do – do it better than anybody else, and they do everything in Norman, Oklahoma City, 405-573-3048, Tulsa, 918-282-7612. Also, thanks to Eric Bailey. Thanks to the Seth Wadley Auto Group. Thank you to our friends at Riverwind Casino as well. All right, let's get locked in. Coming up next, Parker, Tyler McComas, coming up here on the Home of Sooner Fans.